Well, it's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and Sacramento, California. Well, no, it's only well, 9 no, a.m. In, in Sacramento, California. And this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Monday, October 2nd, with me, Ray, and not Zach, Justice filling in well for not Zach, who will be back here on Wednesday, from what I understand. Justice. You look much better than you did the last time I saw you on Friday. Thank you. Thank you. I feel so much better. I uh, Last week was a blur, but I am here, ready to go this week. And, and, it and, out. And, and, and since you're ready to go this week, I thought, I said to you right before we went on air, I, I, I think... I think we need to start with our dear friends at Ford. Um, <laughs> should, should we start with with the uh, catastrophic engine failures, or should we start with lightning production has been, well, canceled for the time being? Where should yeah, we start? Uh, oh, let's see. How do we pile on Ford first today? Let's start with the Bronco. I think okay. that's a great place to start. We'll start there. Okay. I like that. Um as as everybody's about to find out, NHTSA upgrades, expands the Ford Bronco probe into catastrophic engine failure. Um, and, and the way they've upgraded it is, well, now they're looking at not only the Bronco, um, but the Edge, the Explorer, and some F-150 vehicles. Not, and, you know, not to leave out Lincoln, but hey, how about the Lincoln Aviator and the Nautilus vehicles as well that are equipped with the 2.7 liter or 3.3 liter Echo Boost engines? When, 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 in your opinion, will this company start getting some of this stuff right? Well, clearly, right. It's just us piling on for no reason because, um, come on, who doesn't have a recall every week? that expands to more and more vehicles. What I liked about this this recall, Ray, was uh, uh, liked about it. Um, was, what you uh, liked about it is the fact that you drive a Tesla and it doesn't impact you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, and here's the thing. I've owned more Fords than I've owned anything else, any okay. other single brand in my entire life. But um, uh, And I've liked Fords, except for I always have electrical issues in my Fords. Yes. Uh, every single one of them I've ever had. Uh, but it was, they knew what it was. It was the, uh, what is it that became hard and... Uh, oh, wait, I, I don't I don't think you can phrase it like that. What is it that became <laughs> hard? Uh, well, what is well, the, it that became hard for them was, was building a product without having to recall it. But I, I believe, <laughs> I believe you're talking about a valve of some Yes, the valves when being machined, they got uh, too hot. And they became excessively hard and brittle over a certain temperature. So, so they decided in October of 21 to change the material so that was less prevalent. Yes. So what they did from 2020 to October of 2021 was know about the problem and then go, okay, well, I guess we'll do something about it now. Yeah, we got to uh, do something. Yeah, so yeah. it seemed kind of like we... Maybe in the testing phase, something in, in there uh, should have been. So but they released thousands of vehicles first. Knowing that there, there could knowing and, there, this and, was a problem. might be a yeah. problem. So, But the thing that I'm taking from this, are you suggesting that, that 
the hotter and harder things get, the more brittle they become. Because at my age, this is frightening. Um, <laughs> for any number of reasons, and I apologize for that up front, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, um, so. Yeah, I mean, it appears that if you uh, run too hot for too long, things get too hard and break. So, um, so yeah. the moral the moral of this story is: uh, lighten up, folks. Cool it down. Stay soft. You'll be in good shape. You'll last longer. Uh, and that's the way you need to drive your Fords. You know, and in other news, we also have. Yeah. Uh, we also have Ford with the uh, F-150. Well, the F-150 Lightning. 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 Yes. yes. Lightning. Yeah. In that, in, in that, at least in the United States, um, and, and the tweet we're showing right now is for Canada, but in the United States, they have pretty much just told their Ford dealers that if you have a lightning on order for stock, for yep. even, just for inventory purposes, we ain't building it. And in Canada, they went so far as to say, if you have a lightning on order, whether it be for stock or a customer order, you know, we ain't building it. Now, why why do you think that they would take that suddenly take that position on what when that vehicle was announced was supposed to be the hottest damn electric truck that ever came out um that had hundreds of thousands of reservations well they haven't delivered hundreds of thousands of them so what what the hell is going on um well it's almost like they don't know how to properly make electric vehicles and they keep losing so much money on them and then concentrating on this labor strike and everything else um, that they seem to be trying to figure out where to go now. And I don't think they know. I, I think they're still stuck back in their old ways too much and they just don't know how to how to move forward with this. And they're sort of caught in this place They'll say the government put them there, and I, I will say that the government's not putting them there, that it's their own sort of backwards thinking that is keeping them in, into this place of just losing money. And I don't know, you know, if they can see a way out right now. I, I, I Personally, I think it's kind of like a twofold thing. Um, they They realize and they know and they admitted earlier in the year when they when they had to be uh, more competitive in their pricing and lowered their pricing because Tesla had lowered theirs. And they they had projected a loss on the EV division for this year at $3 billion. And when they had to lower their pricing, they then updated what the anticipated loss for EV sales would be this year for the EV division to $4.5 billion. So A, they're not making money on number one, when they yeah. build them and, and wholesale them to their dealers. But I think more than anything, I think the reason that that they're not building them for inventory, for dealer stock, is because dealer stock in Lightnings has gone up dramatically. Yep. And the market has, if 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 the... If the valves in those Echo Boost engines were as soft as the market is for the Ford 
F-150 Lightning, they wouldn't be having an issue with catastrophic engine failures in those vehicles. Because right now, there is no market for the F-150 Lightning. No, there, there doesn't. I you know part of that is well, we've talked on the EV show a million times, and I know you and uh, Zach have covered it here. Is they're too expensive, right? They're just too expensive. You need we need affordable EVs if we expect people to buy them, and these vehicles, even at you know their negotiated price, are just still too expensive. And automakers need to figure that out how to make cheaper EVs that people want if they expect people to be buying these things. Uh, the expenses is is one of the problems. Um, but I don't... Can I say this real fast, Ray? Yes. So when we talk about expense, I want to make it clear. Ford has like somewhere near 5% labor. So their expense isn't labor. Yeah, the, they're, the, they're the, losing the, money is not on labor. Yeah, the total the total cost in the production of Ford vehicles that is attributable to labor is about five percent, okay, of their total cost. So, so yeah, it's it's the labor is not necessarily the issue in the EV division. Uh, obviously, the EV division is. Um, the cost of raw materials, the cost of development so that they can, um, you know, because let's face it, it ain't cheap to suddenly say, okay, we have to develop um, new platforms to handle these, the, the weight of these batteries, to everything about it. I mean, we were at the Ford Rouge plant and, you know, we walked through the, uh, the, the uh, truck facility and it was, you know, it was pretty remarkable to look at, um, but you could see where the extra cost would be, even though there's fewer moving parts and all that. It, you know, all the engineering and design and everything else. There, there's huge expense that's associated yep. with this. Um, but that was, that was a great trip, by the way. I loved going through that plant. Uh, it was very. It was uh, everyone at Ford was great to us. Yes. Uh, treated us really well. The staff there was super nice. Uh, and it was a great experience to be what? able to go and tour that plant. That was amazing. Do you know why they treated us nice? Uh, because we were paying them. Well, that and we didn't go in wearing signs that said, hey, we bash Ford every chance we get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Had yeah. we done that, they might not have accepted our tickets. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah, I, I think. I think part of the issue for Ford, and and you touched on it, is part of it is the expense of the vehicles. But you know what? You remind me all the time um, that in many cases today, you can get a, a EV, a desirable EV, might not be desirable to me, but it's a desirable EV, uh, the Model 3. What just under forty grand? Yeah. yeah. So, in today's world, and and my definition of affordable for Americans is forty thousand dollars and below. And when we take into consideration that the average transaction price across the board is close to forty eight thousand dollars, if you can look at vehicles that are under 40 grand, you're, you're doing pretty well. And there are EVs out there that are under $40,000. Um, 
I don't know that Ford's ever going to be able to make one. Uh, uh, you know, General Motors makes them in the Bolt, and I guess the new Trailblazer, and whatever else they're coming out with. Um, my question would always be: Is how many of them are they going to make at the yeah. lower price point, and um, how fast can they make them? Exactly, and and yeah. you know, I just. I, it just speaks volumes when you see Ford doing what they're doing with the F-150 Lightning, that there was just, I, I, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. Um, maybe all the hype, the reported hype around the F-150 Lightning wasn't real. Well, okay. I mean... Is is the hype ever real on any of them? But I'll I'll even put my precious Tesla up there and say, is the hype ever really I mean, it's never expectation is never met on, on that kind of hype. You have to hype up your these vehicles and, and try to get it. But like Ford just seemed to they're seeming to miss the mark. I think uh, uh MK had it in here, right? Um I don't see where it was, but they're um they're not retrofitting their plants properly. They they don't have proper production for EVs. They're trying to do the old assembly that they did. And one thing I learned at the Rouge plant was yes. Henry Ford's original vision, which looks an awful lot like Tesla's vision. Yeah. Ford used to bring in the raw material, make all the parts, yes. put them together, and go through. Now, well, that's what Tesla wants to do. Now Ford has all that, all those uh, smelting plants and everything else out there that they don't even own anymore. They sold them off to other people and they're buying these parts and putting them together. They're basically just an assembler and that's it now. Yes. And, uh, you know, that went way away from what uh, Henry Ford's vision was. And I think that's part of what is leading Tesla through the way is that they're they're doing so much of it just on their own and eliminating as many middlemen as possible. Well, the other thing that that they got away from that Henry Ford said was their commitment to make affordable yeah. vehicles. And, you know, we sat through that propaganda film. That was the first room you go into when you when you do the uh, the uh, tour of the Rouge plant. And, um, you know, we all said the same thing at the same exact moment that 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 narrator said, yeah, Henry Ford's vision was to was to build affordable vehicles. And it was like, okay, well, when did that vision come to an end? Um, yeah. Because it has. Um, hell, they don't They don't even want to make cars. I mean, truly, all they're really interested in is making pickups and SUVs. Um, yeah. And yeah. The bulk of which are not affordable. But that 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 I guess is a is a rant and a story for another day. Um, but I just I just find it odd that a vehicle when it was first announced that allegedly had a hundred and fifty thousand or two hundred thousand reservations, and and they've what maybe built a hundred thousand lightnings total since they first announced it. Um, that they that they're going to stop those pr the production going forward simply because the market has evaporated. Well, what yeah. happened to those hundred fifty thousand two hundred to to two hundred thousand reservations? What happened to those? I what I question that too because I see here in Northern California where 
know, EVs are very abundant. My my gas prices, Ray, are six dollars and forty nine cents a gallon for regular. Oh my goodness! Up here, so uh, that was uh, yesterday. Okay, and um, but you go by uh, Ford, and they've got rows of Lightnings lined up. Like so, even in EV country where gas prices are through the roof, uh, I see Lightnings just stacking up over there, and Mach-E's too. And I go, okay, well, clearly there's something going on that even in a place where everyone wants to buy an EV, they're not buying those. Well, I guess, I guess that, that speaks volumes about, A, affordability on the Ford EVs, and uh, and B, perhaps the marketing push that just hasn't appealed to the to the masses out there, especially in a state like California, where... You know, the, the likelihood of somebody saying, I would consider an EV in California, that percentage of people would be much higher than, say, it would be here in New Jersey. And so if you can't get people in a state where there seems to be a major commitment, not only from the state to get people to want to get people to want to buy um, EVs, but the citizenry of that state seems enamored with the thought of buying. If you can't get those people to come in and buy your electric vehicles, where the hell are you going to yeah. get people to buy them? No, I agree. I, I don't know where, because it was certainly not going to be, you know, we were up in Michigan. It's not going to be in Michigan. I tell you that. I was there. Well, I was in Detroit long enough to know. Um, yeah, that's not, that's not a big EV town. Um, so, you know, if you're if you can't do it in California, you got to rethink your strategy there. Uh, and, and speaking of strategy, there was there was an article that I sent you earlier um, about who the winners could be um, with uh, the UAW strike. And once it's settled, um, yeah. would it be possible to pull that up? I believe this is the one you were speaking of. There you have it. Tesla will gain from higher Detroit three labor costs, analysts say. Um, yeah, the big winner is going to be yeah. Tesla. The UAW strike, once it's settled, is going to – I mean, we already know GM, Stellantis, Ford. None of them are making money selling EVs. They're all committed to keep building EVs, but none of them are making money. Um, it's only going to get worse. It's only it's only going to create um, more demand for the, the Tesla products. And I will state unequivocally, I was I, I was impressed with the software and the technology in the Tesla. I was not impressed with the ride or the quality of the Tesla. Um, but it is the EV of choice. And yeah. and the the increases in labor costs, and then trying to figure out how you meld all that into making profitable EVs to begin with. I I don't know how any of the big three are really going to ever compete with Tesla. Do you? Well, they have to. And we've we've discussed this on our show a few times that they have to change 
they're entire thinking about how you manufacture the vehicles. Uh, that's a big portion of the EVs. And then they have to get these good contracts in place. Tesla's, you know, a decade ahead of everybody in these contracts for lithium and everything else. You know, they were they were always in there. And I think someone here mentioned it earlier, lest we forget, you know, I, none of us forget that Tesla lost money for, mm-hmm. you know, over a decade and a half. Yes. Like, you know, 15 years, they lost money by the billions uh, to get to where they are now. And now they're profitable. And, you know, and that played a lot into their, you know, eventual success, but they almost went bankrupt with three different times, like couldn't meet payroll within days, kind of bankruptcy. Um, it's hard to get these things started and to get these going. Now the legacy auto manufacturers think they have, you know, well, we know how to build cars, but it's not the same thing. It just, these vehicles have to be created differently to be profitable and you're going to have to rethink your strategy. And I don't know, I don't count anybody out uh-huh. ever. Like, you know that, right? I don't want to count anybody out, but I see more hope for Toyota than I do for Ford, uh, you know, going into the future of being able to do these kind of things because Toyota pivots and maneuvers and Ford seems to be sort of stuck into this, rut of well this is how it's done we invented the assembly line and that's what we're going to do kind of thing it's like well it's time to pivot it's time to to rethink how you do things it's yeah just because you've done it one way for so long doesn't mean that's the only way Um, and and oftentimes it's when you're confronted with sort of that rock in the middle of your road the the idea, especially if in, you're in leadership of these major companies, is is not to go to your board and say, well, the problem is there's a rock in the middle of the road. You know, the board is saying, we understand there's a rock in the middle of the road. That's why we hired you to get us over that rock yeah. or around that rock. Um, so that, you know, they 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 can't just because they've done it one way forever doesn't mean it's the only way. And it doesn't mean that it's the best way. Um, now, here's something for you that, you know, speaking of the UAW, and, and I was reading something the other day about Tesla. And one of the things that Tesla does is they they grant their um, employees who actually build the vehicles um, – Oftentimes they grant them stock options, mm-hmm. um, and and so as the company does better, they do better. What would what since since the big three are totally enamored with profits and showing growth, um, and, and which they should be because. Yeah. They, they're publicly traded companies and they have stockholders and they have a fiduciary responsibility to. Um, and a lot of pensions uh, are involved. <laughs> but but the other the thing I was going to say is, you know, when you compare CEO earnings of all the major players, Honda, Toyota, BMW, all of them, the, the th- three biggest salaries or incomes in automotive are Stellantis, Ford, and General Motors. <clears throat> and and not by a little bit, but by a lot of it. Okay. In some cases, 
10 times more, more than 10 times more. Perhaps, and, and I heard Mary Barra say, well, you know, 92% of my earnings are based on the performance of the company and the stock. She okay. said that several times in, in yeah. a very short okay. amount of time. So, so how about they pay additional um, stock options to their online UAW members so that they're as equally invested in the performance of these businesses as the CEOs are? Um, or, or perhaps you just you just pay them like I don't know a reasonable salary that that doesn't have to be based on um, performance so much as to I don't know find ways to make things actually look better than they might be, uh, overstate things, uh, find creative accounting ways to make it seem. You know, instead of Mary Barra yeah. getting almost $29 million, what if she got five? I don't know. I can live comfortably on $5 million a year if you're, you know, plus plus health insurance and stuff. I, I, there's got to be a way to get everybody, if it's going to be performance-based, to, to, to be bought in on the performance-based aspect of it and have some of their pay be performance-based just like the CEOs. Does that make any sense or am I just like dreaming? So, so I'm not one on, on to, to harp on the CEO pay compensation, yes. as you know, I like, I, I looked at it and I said, if you took away all the, I did the math on it. If you took away every single Ford executive salary and divided among the workers, they'd get $319 a year. Yeah, That's not what it is. Yeah. So, but I agree that there's a performance. However, the, my my only pushback on the stock thing would be this. Uh, now you as the worker, okay, we'll pay you in stock. So if the company does better, you do better. Well, now I really need to trust yes. that Jim Farley's going to do his job and my company's going to do really well. Because uh, I work really hard and I put out a good truck, but uh, you know you you just can't sell them because you're selling lightnings and. You know, no one who wants to buy a truck wants an EV. Uh, go figure that. Um, and so now I've worked my butt off, but I'm not getting anything out of it. Like, that would be very frustrating to me. And then I also look at, like, do I want Ford stock? Can I choose the stock you reward? How about you pay me in Tesla stock for the work <laughs> I do <laughs> over here? I like um, that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know... I get it. I mean, it's a very complicated issue, and I know that. But there does seem to be more. There needs to be more in there. When I come from, you know, as you know, restaurant industries. Yes. If you have a twenty percent labor, you're doing great. So I see five percent labor at Ford, and I go, I think you guys could do better. Yeah. I think you guys could be doing better. How do you? How do you have five percent labor and you're and you're losing money? Like I feel like you're being somewhat financially irresponsible and. And pay is not where there's uh, an issue here. You're somewhere else along the line. You're all spending money somewhere. And I think you can go through some of the Ford plants and headquarters. And we went to the GM building uh, there in Detroit. 
and I can start to point out to some things where I go, I think you could save some money. I think I see some places where you could save some money here. Um, yeah, it's, you know, maybe, maybe it's a performance based and it's not a stock option or you're not given, they're not given, but, but there's, there's some year end or quarterly bonuses for, for hitting, um, quarterly annual uh, performance goals, um, whether it be sales, whether it be um, less recalls, whatever it may be, um, you you would think that A, the quality might go up and B, the interest of the workers would go up because, well, the better they build them and the more profitable they are, um, ultimately, the more they're all going to make. Um, I, does, does that sound like communism or something? I don't know. No, I don't. You know, I, you, you bring up an interesting point of, of some of the things I have questioned about the workers, you know, with go back to Ford, because we don't love to bash anyone more than we love to bash Ford. Yes. Uh, but go back to their recalls. At some point, don't the union members go, hey, like, we we need better quality parts here because we can't keep putting out these things that keep getting recalled and then our stock options are worth less and our company's worth less and we're not like you've got to have some sort of pride in your work you know the people assembling the engines mm-hmm. they, they don't know that that valve was baked too hard in the manufacturing process in the first place they're doing their job they're putting it together they're making sure it all works but then it cracks over heat over time because of the manufacture process they had nothing to do with that but it's them who are getting that well you know our cars keep getting recalled so we gotta cut staff and it's expensive and you know these recalls have to be costing for millions of dollars billions billions okay so it's costing them billions and you know we can't pay the worker like hey how about this start figuring out how to make this stuff right so the workers who's putting the work in can get paid and these cars don't keep coming back isn't it cheaper just to build it right in the first place um ultimately it certainly is yeah it, it would it would it's it's always cheaper to do it right the first time um i would I, w- I mean, I get that. I guess there are bean counters that disagree. Yes. But. Well, no. The, well, the bean counters will say that. Okay, we know some of this stuff's going to fail, but ultimately, it's cheaper to let it fail than it is to bear the expense of of building it so that it won't fail from Jump Street. Yeah. Um, because. Some of the vehicles that should be recalled or are recalled will never come back to get the repairs done. Um, so yeah, the bean counters will go ultimately. Well, this is it's cheaper to do it this way over the long run than yeah. it is to do it the right way. And there just seems to be something wrong with that thinking that it's it's cheaper to do it wrong than it is to do it right. It should be the rewards for doing it right in the first place should be greater than the rewards for doing it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And DZ here says uh, it's not the design. It's a poor workmanship and materials use. I don't know that it's poor workmanship. None of the recalls I've seen have been, hey, this bolt wasn't 
tightened enough over here and on these vehicles and it was i i'm not seeing workmanship and what i'm seeing is a lot of material yes. issues yes and you know how it's does predominantly we, what it is yeah and how does the worker know that that bolt is going to crack yeah like i don't i don't know that they do know you know no. and that's that's where i'm seeing a lot of the issues and that's where i, I you know i kind of come down you know on that feeling bad for the workers who were i think are because we saw it, like they do they have one minute to do that job right yeah. yeah and they do that same task every minute for eight hours a day which just shoot me i couldn't do that yeah man um, if, they, if if you only gave me a minute to do my job i'm not even showing up and to, do, to do it for eight hours <laughs> yeah to do it six do each task you, yeah you, you're doing the same flipping um, task 60 times an hour times eight, 480 flipping times in a day yeah yeah like Can, and and none of, none of the recalls that I'm seeing are these guys. Like, right? I'm not seeing anything yeah, of, oh, no, you know, it's, it's Station 142 who is not tightening his bolts on all these vehicles. And it's not, you know, like, that's not what any of these recalls are. Yep. So you got the people doing their job, working their butts off, doing a task that I just could not do. Uh, and, and their company's just falling apart. Yeah. I don't get it. We, 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 there, there are four people we need to acknowledge. Um, and, and I'll yes. start if it's okay with you. Yes, please. Um, there we go. Uh, dry lock. Uh, thank you so much for the $2 donation. People paid huge markups for these junkers. Um, speaking well, of the Bronco. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's the people's fault. I hate to say it. Yeah. But that's the people's fault. You if know, you paid ten thousand dollars over. Come on, that's that's your fault. You, you have some onus on that. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you always have the choice as the consumer. You can either say yes or you can say no. Sometimes it's in your best interest just to say no. That's just between you and me. Um, from Fernando Cruz, a three dollar super sticker, which means I have to do silly stuff like this. You get to sit comfortably in your chair. Thank you so much, Fernando. Um, from Eddie B, Ray and Company, no one wants EVs. Why in the hell are they forcing them down our throats? Meaning this administration specifically, ICE forever. Eddie, if I may, thank you for the donation. But there is a percentage of the population that does want EVs. And yes, Justice is a perfect example. And yes, it feels to a certain degree as if they are being forced down our throats. And it is it is governments, not just ours, but governments no. globally that are all bought in on this and doing it. Um, and I don't know that ICE forever is necessarily the answer. There's there's something in between or there's something that that accomplish, uh, accomplishes or allows both. Um, there should never be an either or. I, I think it can be both. Um, and if if the automobile manufacturers can produce EVs that the public wants, 
and there's good reasons for the public, they will. They'll buy them. And for those of us who were stuck in ICE vehicles because, A, I live in a condo that doesn't have charging, did it, and I drive 5,000 miles a year, I don't, I, I don't, I don't need an EV. Um, there, there should be room for both. Um, do you agree or disagree? No, so as a very pro-EV person, everyone knows I'm very pro-EV. I, I mean, there is an agreement here that I think a lot of these big three manufacturers and the losing profits and stuff on the EVs uh, is because they're having to speed forward to it due to some uh, government pressures and mm -hmm. EPA regulations that that if they weren't so strict and they weren't so hard and they weren't so now that you could ease into it better. You could figure things out. You could be releasing a model and trying to figure it out and, and go that route. And I think we're, it's being pushed a little too fast mm -hmm. for people to adapt. It takes a long time to adapt. Yes. Tesla is showing the way, but that's one company. Come on. Yeah. It's, you know, one, you know, Rivian, but Rivian struggles. Let's yeah. be honest, like their struggle. Lucid is clearly not doing real well. Um, so you you got this stuff that's I think is just being pushed too far. I agree in that part of it. I live in California where the push is uh, absolutely fully real. But we'll say uh, lots of studies out there that say a lot more people than you think do want EVs. I, I, I definitely agree that there's more people that want them than, than we would like to admit. Yeah. Um, and finally, from uh, Fly Chomper Fly, thank you, Chomper. Uh, in spite of recalls, they made $7 billion profit this year. Yeah, they might have made 10 or 12 had they not had all those recalls. Um, you know, yeah. yeah, they're profitable still. And, you know, that that's like saying, hey, we're profitable in spite of ourselves. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I worked for a company. Um, that had a number of stores. And I remember I started and 30 days later, uh, one of the owners said to me, so, so what do you think after 30 days? And I looked at him, I said, you want the truth? He said, yeah. I said, you're, you're, you're successful in spite of yourselves. You have no processes, you have no procedures, and yet you're you're selling cars, you're servicing cars, and you're profitable. Imagine, just imagine for a moment, if you standardized how you did everything amongst all your stores. Um, and he looked at me and he said, you know, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Ford is profitable in spite of themselves. General Motors is profitable in spite of themselves. Stellantis is profitable in spite of themselves. That's, you know, it's, one just has to begin to wonder how much more profitable they could be if yeah. they were run slightly differently. Yeah, just because, yeah. Successful doesn't mean the ultimate success. Well, you, you can be profit more doesn't necessarily, yeah. profit yeah, doesn't necessarily yes, mean way. success. Yeah. Okay. Just means profit. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, I, and if I that's do how you measure your success, then, then yes, you're successful. Well, yeah. 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 We, we, uh, we can have a whole discussion on how one should measure success in the world. Exactly. Uh, 
But I do want to answer uh, Marky Mark because I just hear this all the time. Yes. Uh, wasn't California the one telling EV owners not to charge their cars last summer? Yes. And they were also telling you not to run your dishwasher, your air conditioning, your washer, your dryer. Um, so do we get rid of all those too? Or do we just admit that California hasn't created a new power station since 1967 and our population has more than doubled since then? So maybe that's more the issue than it is having an EV. Could very well be. Yeah. Sound, sounds like it to me. Well, you know, we've crushed 40 minutes here on oh, our yeah. on our 30-minute uh, news show. So to all of you out there, we apologize for going over today. Um, Justice, I want to thank you for filling in for Zach again. Yep. I'm assuming you're filling in one more time tomorrow? Yep. I'll be here tomorrow, and then Zach will be back on Wednesday. Yes, yes. So everyone's excited to have him back. Yes. I'm, I, well, I, I, no, none more than you, of course, right? Well, well, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I haven't seen him. Um, I, I'm still not going to be able to sit next to him, but, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, so we thank you all for being here today. We'll be back here tomorrow at noon Eastern. You know the drill. Noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, um, 8 a.m. in Anchorage, 6 a.m. in Honolulu. Um, and we hope that you all have a great rest of your day. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks for being here.